0: Indoor air generally tends to be at least two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. Most people don't realize that. But once you know that, I hope that that starts stimulating curiosity about what is polluting my indoor air?
1: everyone welcome back to episode 82 of That's So Maven. Before we jump into today's episode I do want to thank our sponsor which is Imperfect Produce. I've obviously spoken about them a lot but it's because I absolutely adore Imperfect Produce. They are a CSA that's delivered straight to your door with fresh fruits and vegetables and they also have non-perishables now which are amazing and it's basically like overstock from companies that either you know have too much stock and they want to get rid of some of it or the expiration date is like within 6 months which most grocery stores actually won't take things where the expiration is within 6 months and so they end up going to waste and so i mean most of us will eat things that are going to be expiring 6 months from now so it's a really great fit to be able to sell it through imperfect produce where it's 30 to 50% less than what you would normally pay for in a grocery store and you're also helping to reduce food waste. And this is on top of the regular produce, so their fruits and veggies. I always get the medium organic box because we kind of eat a lot of vegetables and obviously organic is something that I care deeply about, and so that is an option if you like to shop for organic food. So if you want to try out Imperfect Produce for yourself, you can head over to imperfectproduce.com. You can sign up, and if you use the code HEALTHYMAVEN at checkout, you'll save 50% off your first box. And I've mentioned it in past episodes, but they're unfortunately not in every single city, but you should definitely head over to their site to see if they're in your city. I know that they're definitely in San Francisco, LA, Seattle, Portland... Indianapolis, Chicago, and maybe a couple of other places. So definitely head to their site and see if they're selling near you. And if not, you can put in a request to ask them to come to your city. So that would be really great. I would love to see them spread across the US and hopefully North America and beyond because what they're doing is really amazing. And also you can save money in the process. So huge thank you to Imperfect for sponsoring today's episode. So last week's episode and this week's episode and a couple of the episodes that are coming up are all on topics that we haven't really jumped into yet, and that's really what I love about the show is that we get to talk about things that, you know, are all over the board when it comes to your health, and I do truly believe that things like finances and home decor and your style, like all of that stuff plays into your health and wellness, and you know the impact of each kind of builds on each other. So it's not just about what you eat and how you move your body. And actually a few weeks ago when I was in New York, I did a small Healthy Maven meetup with the tribe and it was so great to like get to know some of you guys, but also ask you questions about the podcast and, and things that you've really enjoyed. And sort of the consistent feedback that I hear is how nice it is that every episode is different and that you learn something new with each one. And I love being able to bring new topics to you guys like this week's episode, which is with Sophia Ruan Goucher. And she is a non-toxic living blogger, coach, just overall, you know, health consultant. She's written for Mind Body Green as well as Well and Good on the topics of non-toxic living and how to make better choices when it comes to purchasing, you know, stuff for your home in terms of cleaning products and also furniture and your makeup and body care products and all of this stuff. She is just a wealth of information for understanding what is in those products, what to avoid, and what to focus on. Now, we could have spoken for probably two hours about all of this because there is so much information, but because we've done a little bit about skin care and body care, I decided not to focus too much on that. We definitely get into it, but mostly focus on our homes and how we can detox our homes. and. You know, detox is a very loaded word. There are people who, you know, detoxing is like their main goal in life. And then there are people who are like, oh, detoxing. I don't want to hear about this anymore. And honestly, my stance is somewhere in the middle. We have a liver and that liver is meant to detox the things that are in our body that Shouldn't be in our body, or that need to be processed out of our body. If we can find ways to support our liver, I think that's incredible, and we should definitely make it a point to add things in that you know don't necessarily become the center of your lifestyle or your focus, but are ways to support yourself. Whether it's through teas or like maybe adding a little elixir to your water or stuff like that, there are ways to support your liver. Another great way to support detoxing is to avoid certain things that are harmful and. The point is with these kinds of conversations, they're really not meant to scare you and this is why I I sometimes struggle with these topics where we talk about things that maybe are in your home already and, you know, I don't want you going out buying a brand new couch and carpets and mattress, like not the point. It's just to really help bring some awareness so that in the future when you're shopping for something, it is on your mind and it's something that you can consider There are ways to make smaller choices that also have an impact, like the cleaning products that you buy. You know, that's one thing where next time you run out, look for things that have ingredients that are safer for our bodies and switch to those. And so, you know, we definitely get into a conversation about certain things that might be in your home already that have things in them that, you know, might not be the best for you. That being said, we absolutely love our mattress. Kurt and I are obsessed with our mattress. We brought it from Toronto. It's our favorite thing ever. And we know that, you know, we still have a couple more years on it. Is it a non-toxic mattress? Absolutely not. But we're not about to get rid of it and replace it with one that is. And that's okay. So, what I love about this conversation is that we we talk about ways that you can implement changes without it being from a place of fear. Because, you know, there's definitely changes that we can all make, but not, you know, at the risk of like going into debt or just overwhelming yourself and your families or anyone around you for that matter, but especially yourself because this isn't supposed to be something that scares you. It's supposed to come from a place of self-compassion and support. So I hope that you know, all the information that we share in this episode, but also in all of the episodes can always be taken with a grain of salt as, you know, something that can help educate you and empower you to make those choices, but never feel like you have to like go and get rid of everything in your home and replace it with things that are non-toxic or, you know, make all these radical changes in your diet when, you know, this is something that works for someone, but it may not be what works for you. So You know, it's something that has always been a part of the show and it's a reminder that I try and add in every now and then just so that you guys remember like you are 100% in control of your choices and while you can learn a lot from other people's choices at the end of the day, it really should come from a place of like what feels most in line with you and your values. On a totally separate note. I'm actually heading on vacation this week. So a couple of months ago, Kurt and I booked a vacation kind of spontaneously. Besides our honeymoon, you know, that we took right after our wedding, we haven't had any vacation this year. We've gone to a couple of places, but it's either been for work or visiting family. And while those are definitely nice, they're not like these kind of check out from the world vacations. And we felt, you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas and, you know, so many things that have happened this year that we kind of deserved a little vacation away so we're actually heading to Hawaii for 5 days which is a pretty easy flight from San Francisco and we're going to check out from the world just hang out with each other read a lot write a lot and just you know take a vacation that is is well deserved for both of us so that's kind of like what's on our radar right now i'm actually hosting an event in San Francisco so when you're hearing this i will be hosting that event tonight. And so that will be the 28th. And then on the 29th, we leave for Hawaii. So I'm really looking forward to a couple days away with my husband and just taking some nice time to relax. I wish I could take you all with me, (laughs) but hopefully this episode can be educational for you and be my gift to you since I can't take you all to Hawaii with me. Although it would be really fun to do a camp wellness there, but that's just a thought. So let's get into today's episode. Here is Sophia. Hi, Sophia. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here today. As I just mentioned to you, we've had some conversations on the show around detoxing and and the choices that you make when it comes to your food and supporting your liver, as well as what you put on your body. But there's a whole other conversation that we haven't had, which really involves detoxing your home and non-toxic living just in general and what that lifestyle looks like. And I'm so excited to jump into this conversation with you and learn more about your journey.
0: I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to talk more about it. I feel like people overlook the home and our home is such a ripe opportunity to support our health because we generally spend 90% of our time indoors and at least a third of our lives sleeping in our bedrooms. So home is a high impact area to think about.
1: Definitely. And as someone who works from home, it's something I've been thinking a lot about recently where I actually just got an air purifier because I was thinking about how much time I spend in this space and the air that I'm breathing in here and wanting to make sure that I was taking care of myself. So it's something that's been more on my radar lately. And I just want to hear, like, how did you get started on this journey? Was this something that you grew up with or did it come later in life? What kind of spurred an interest in non-toxic living?
0: Becoming a mother was the catalyst for me. So I I grew up in upstate New York. My father is a retired obstetrician gynecologist, and my one sibling, my younger brother, is a radiologist. So I'm a little familiar with physicians in Western medicine. I was born in Taipei, Taiwan, so my background is Chinese. And I grew up with my father, not being such a big believer in Chinese medicine and Eastern medicine. He was very all about Western medicine. And so growing up, I was always interested in being healthy. My family was a tennis playing family. So we played a lot of tennis. I was really interested in exercise. And from like third or fourth grade, I was always so interested in learning about how certain foods could support my body, like the antioxidants in berries or carrots supporting my eye health. Those sorts of things always lit me up. And my understanding of health was that there are only two variables that I could control, healthy eating and regular exercise. And since becoming a mother my perspective has brought in so much to understand there are so many more pillars of health. And I think that um, when I was pregnant with my first child, since I was someone who was always interested in this relationship of food serving my body, I would read these pregnancy books that would tell you week by week what is developing with your baby. So I remember when I entered the phase of there being more development of the heart and the brain. I thought, oh, I'm going to eat more wild salmon and avocados for the healthy fats. So I was on that journey of thinking a lot more about my inner environment, which is the first home of my children. So I thought about the quality of not just like the new the, the quality of the food I was eating, which actually that took me years. I have three kids. It wasn't until My second or third pregnancy that I realized not all apples are the same and not all dairy is the same and just like digging deeper into the quality and nutrient density of my foods. It took me a while to realize everything I put on my skin, the ingredients in the lotions was those some of those ingredients have been found in not just blood, but also cord blood. I think spending a lot of time at home with young kids also made me realize they're home like most of their lives and sleeping, depending on their age, they could sleep anywhere. They could sleep like 18 to 20 hours a day. And what is their air quality like? And I guess my children just spurred curiosity. And my background is actually in distressed investing, which just meant that I had to learn new things quickly, and um, ask the right questions, and have really good judgment about the answers I came up with to create more value. And so I ended up applying a lot of those skills towards towards motherhood, and my curiosities just led to me accidentally discovering in books and in other reading materials that there are toxic chemicals in our everyday products and that chemicals make up almost everything in our homes whether it's in our food for the the artificial colors and preservatives or in the adhesives that put together our carpets and mattresses and sofas like most everything in the home is made of chemicals and that's amazing but um, most people don't realize that these chemicals don't stay in the products, that they, over just age and time and wear and tear, some of the chemicals ev- evaporate into the air and just get released into the dust. And some of them have been detected in our bodies. And so I think spending so much time at home with my kids and working from home, I just became really curious about my home and the inner environment in my body.
1: So as you kind of got started on this journey, what were the things that surprised you most? Like, was there a moment or a couple moments where you, you know, maybe looked at a bottle of something or started doing some research and to the carpet into your home and were just like, whoa, I had no idea.
0: There are many. The few that just came to mind, my husband had a health scare when he was about 37 and had a carotid artery dissection so a major artery to his brain ruptured and at that time uh, fortunately everything was okay and once he was released from the hospital i thought that was a good opportunity to have the doctors encourage my husband to have a healthier diet because i had said to the doctors he has a super high-stress job. He doesn't eat dinner until 10 o'clock at night, and it's takeout, and uh, he has like a bottle of red wine at night. Don't you think that that maybe contributed to his cardiovascular system going awry? When they dismissed him from the hospital, they said, no, it was just bad luck, even though it's really rare for a 37-year-old to have a carotid artery dissection. But because of that, I started reading more about diet and how nutrition may affect health, and so we went vegan for a while, and it was interesting to, in trying to be vegan and buying vegan products that were recommended, I noticed that casin, C-A-S-E-I-N, I think is how it's spelled, which is a protein in animal products and has been associated with a lot of health issues, it was interesting to notice that castin was often the first ingredient in many vegan products. And that just like got me really interested in reading the ingredient labels and many products. And then later when I learned about fragrance being comprised of sometimes up to 200 chemicals, like fragrance is the result of a chemical formula. So we don't really know what's in fragrance. And the studies that have been done on whether fragrance may harm our health were alarming enough that I wanted to avoid fragrance. So once I started reading labels to avoid fragrance, I was surprised at how many products contain fragrance, including the products that surprised me the most were my garbage bags (laughs) and, um, you know, of course, all the personal care products. but uh, And then also the baby dolls, that my children received as gifts. They were scented to smell like a baby. (laughs) So as I read labels, I was very surprised at fragrance and then there are other key chemicals. Like if you look for parabens, there are many different kinds of parabens and it was hard to track which ingredients to avoid but I just found that if I looked at ingredient labels and if I saw a-B-E-N-S for at the end of parabens, then that eliminated like 99% of the products.
1: Wow. I mean, I think a lot of us have heard that like parabens are harmful for us and, and to avoid fragrance, but it's hard to believe just like how many products contain both of these things and so many other things. So for anyone who's kind of new to reading labels and are looking for you know things that are harmful to our body that we don't necessarily need do you have like kind of a short list of things to look out for that we should maybe
0: avoid yeah i mean those two ingredients are really effective filters when you start reading ingredient labels those two things are on most products so starting with the category of cleaning products i would definitely Get to know what you're cleaning your home with because cleaning products are a major source of indoor air pollution and indoor air generally tends to be at least two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. Most people don't realize that, but once you know that, I hope that that starts stimulating curiosity about what is polluting my indoor air. So cleaning products is one and next uh, personal care products. So. I, I like to think prioritize by what are your chronic exposures. So if you apply lotion all over your body often, then definitely focus on that because that's like a daily exposure at the, of a product that sits on your skin and gets absorbed into your body over time. So I would prioritize with like what you use most often and any spray products hairspray or cleaning products or aerosol spray for bathrooms to deodorize. I would uh, prioritize those things because whatever you spray into the air is just a fast route for chemicals to enter your lungs and then your bloodstream. That's such a good
1: suggestion. And I think there's a lot of conversations that we need to be having around home cleaning products and I want to get into a conversation about personal care products and how to make healthier choices with those but I had an interesting conversation recently with my mom about home cleaning products because she is a total neat freak. She loves a clean home and while she's definitely interested in some of the more holistic options out there and she's a fan of essential oils, she doesn't fully trust natural cleaning products. I, on the other hand, don't trust, you know, conventional cleaning products. So what is the argument to make the switch to more natural options when it comes to cleaning your home? Like, can they really clean your home as well?
0: The argument to detox your cleaning products is that when you start reading labels of cleaning products, you won't get much information because manufacturers aren't required to disclose all ingredients which is suspicious and so scientists who have tried to understand whether cleaning products are harmful to human health have found pretty alarming things they can contribute to just like anything never mind asthma and allergies which are bad but but they can also maybe contribute to endocrine disruption which would have a ripple effect and perhaps contribute to risk factors for cancer so the potential long-term effects are serious. They just take a long time to show up. And in the meantime, I clean my home with a handful of ingredients. I have a DIY approach, which like, I got there gradually. So I detoxed my cleaning products by first going to a database by the Environmental Working Group and was really alarmed at hazard scores, which is what... Um, cleaning products are signed by the scientists at the Environmental Working Group. And then I spent a lot of time researching what were safer options and spent lots of money and time experimenting with new products to see if which ones worked well and which ones were worth the money. And over the years, I ended up becoming really demoralized that green cleaning products that I thought were healthier for me I would later learned were controversial or maybe proven harmful eventually. And I just got so demoralized of all these hours and all this money on more expensive products that actually weren't necessarily healthier. I just went to baking soda, vinegar, Castile soap, and hydrogen peroxide, and water. And now I I use a steam cleaner, too, to help with cleaning and killing bacteria and viruses. And I've been doing that for maybe eight years. And uh, I don't clean my home by myself. I have a cleaning service that comes. And what's interesting is these professional cleaners who clean many homes will say that they feel, they, like, pound their lungs and say, I feel so much better cleaning this way and it works better than, the, you know, just as good or better than the other things.
1: Yep, yeah. and, you know... I'm a huge fan of baking soda. Like I think that truly there is nothing that baking soda – It's like a
0: miracle. (laughs) It really
1: is a miracle and it's so affordable and accessible. And I like what you said about, you know, there's so many of these greener products out there. It's hard to know the difference between what actually is cleaner versus like what is just doing, you know, greenwashing. What are some suggestions? Maybe someone like isn't quite ready to like DIY things yet or like needs to make a transition. I know you mentioned the EWG and that's a resource that I really like. But I think there are people who are maybe not familiar with the EWG. I love it as a resource for helping people to kind of figure out what to look out for and if a product is safe or not. Like, what are some suggestions for people who are making that transition? And, you know, they read these labels and they don't know if this is just like the generic name for an essential oil or if this is like a harmful chemical.
0: Any products that seem to not provide transparency, meaning like I'm thinking of cleaning products, if it only lists like inactive ingredients and it's like one or two things, I would be suspicious. <laughs> um, so definitely, like, look for products that seem to be mindful and disclose everything. When I see fragrance, I just think, well, I don't. I eliminate that product as something I would consider. Instead, healthier scents are pure essential oils. So, cleaning products that use essential oils rather than fragrance, it would be something I would still consider, and. What else? I guess, you know, if the list just looks like a bunch of chemicals, I just am weary because we just don't know if these chemicals are safe. So I like to use things that have a track record of safety. And so if you have cleaning products that use basically what I mentioned before, hydrogen peroxide, baking soda, vinegar, essential oils, then those are the ones that I would recommend. Awesome. And something that I love that you
1: talk about is not only like ways to clean your home, but things that we can add to our home that actually self-clean themselves. Because there are a lot of things that you can do so that you're living in a healthier environment that don't involve you having to like get down on your hands and knees and scrub. Things like plants and mm-hmm. the materials that you use and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. The plants are healing for so many reasons. They do detox chemicals, like they convert chemicals into oxygen, which is amazing. But you need a lot of plants for plants to be a really effective air purifier. But studies have found that even just visually, plants can have an effect on our biochemistry that help relieve stress and make us happier and Just help us heal. There's even a study called a room with a view study, and researchers found that patients recovering from surgery, those who were in a room with a view of nature, recovered a day faster and required less pain medication. Than patients who didn't have a view.
1: Whoa, that's really interesting. So now I have a solid argument the next time I go to the nursery and buy another plant and my husband is like, okay, I think we're at capacity. We're never at capacity. Yeah, never. So one thing I wanted to talk about was mattresses because I honestly don't know a whole lot about the mattress world, but I've been hearing a lot of conversation around non-toxic mattresses Is there something in conventional mattresses that or or several things that we should be looking out for? Like, I mean, it makes sense to me because we definitely spend a lot of time sleeping. But what's the deal with non-toxic mattresses?
0: So I ended up it was when I was, I think, right after my husband bought our first crib mattress for our first daughter, our first child, that I accidentally read that Crib mattresses can off-gas toxic fumes and may contribute to SIDS, to sudden infant death syndrome. And I panicked. And I think it was like two in the morning I was reading this, thinking, oh my, and I wanted to remove my daughter from her mattress. I mean, I just, that's like the worst way to hear something like this. And um, I was willing to pay anything for a mattress that wouldn't risk my daughter's life. But also, I didn't want to waste my money. So the options at the time for an organic mattress ranged from like $250 to $550. And I just wanted to understand what am I paying for? So I dissected, not physically, but I dissected mattresses to try and answer the question of, well, what am I paying for if I pay $550 for a crib mattress? And it taught me so much about so many other things in our homes, because mattresses are generally made of vinyl, a soft, toxic plastic, polyurethane foam, which is in many other household products. And they're put together with glues, and sometimes they have inner spring, and um, they also may have additional chemical flame retardants and other chemicals on the materials to create stain resistance and bacteria resistance and who knows what else. So because there weren't great studies on mattresses at the time, though there was one great report called the Mattress Matters, but there wasn't a whole lot. So I then, so I dissected the mattress and then I understood that the components of mattresses were potential sources of toxic exposures. So that helped me be a more savvy buyer. Cause then when I was considering my organic or less toxic mattress options, I knew what questions to ask the salespeople or the manufacturer. And from an informed place I could decide what I want to spend my family's budget on. And so I would say that for those listeners who are concerned about their mattress, get to know what it's made of. And if you're looking for a new mattress, ideally, the most pure thing you would buy is a mattress where the inside is 100% natural rubber or latex. And make sure it's 100% because some manufacturers will say it's natural latex. And it's like, Two percent natural latex or five percent—it doesn't matter what the percentage is, but it's it's a portion petroleum. And then you would ideally have this natural latex inner core wrapped in either organic cotton or organic wool, with no adhesives and no additional chemicals. So that's like the ultimate pure option, which is expensive. Um, but it also it has other benefits like I think bed bugs can't live in a latex mattress, but there's a range, you know, depending on the budget. And um, the environmental working group I think recommends a naturopedic mattress, which I think is an affordable good option too.
1: Yeah. And the thing about mattresses is that, yes, it's definitely an investment, but it's something that lasts for a long time. In theory, like I think they recommend like 10 years. So, you know, of course it, it is expensive and it's important that we have more accessible price options, but it's nice to know at least you'll get a lot of good use out of it.
0: Yeah. I think if you're trying to prioritize your budget, your bedroom is a very important area to focus on and your mattress The most important thing. It's where you spend, you know, unless you travel a lot, you sleep on your mattress every night, and you're inhaling, you know, your nose is right up by the mattress. So if the mattress is off gassing fumes, then you're inhaling quite a bit of it. And the effect it might have on someone, it varies, we each have unique bodies and biochemistries and genetic predispositions. But Clients who approach me suffer from health issues. And when they trace back to when it started, a number of them say it started when they got a new mattress. Yeah. I
1: mean, that makes sense to me, just given the number of hours and like the proximity of your nose and your head and just your whole body in general to it. I mean, yeah. I can totally understand that. And Which leads me to my next question, which is really about body care products and making that transition. I think we've done some education on the show about products that you want to avoid and ingredients that you want to look out for when it comes to purchasing body products. So, I'd love if you could chat a little bit about, you know, why why you might want to make that transition because, you know, there's so many people who have products that they love, maybe, you know, they've struggled with skincare and they finally have products that are working for their skin and they don't want to deal with acne, which I can totally sympathize with, but then What about these long-term effects? And the reality is like a lot of the laws around, you know, our skincare products and our beauty care products haven't been updated in a really, really long time. So we don't really know how safe
0: they are. That's exactly right. So it's not realistic to be, to try and be perfect about this. So I guess maybe I'll explain a bit about my journey and that might help other people decide for themselves what would work best for them. But I started learning about the toxic chemicals in our personal care products when I was in a stage of pregnancy or nursing and having young children. And my protective instincts were definitely heightened. And my reaction to that information was, I want to be as pure as possible. I don't care what my hair looks like. You know, I was not concerned about vanity at all. I just wanted the healthiest environment for my children, my breast milk. And as my youngest child is now six and I don't have children relying on my body's production of breast milk. And so I notice I'm a lot less strict and I miss smelling nice and looking prettier and have been experimenting as I experiment with hair products that might make my hair look better, I've noticed I've had to let go of how, of these very strict standards I had when I had young children. And I think that that's really healthy. So I like to recommend that, assuming I'm not dealing with someone who's pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant or nursing, I talk about people holding on to what brings them joy. We have so many opportunities to detox. So I work with clients to go through their self care routine so we can identify all the products that they use and then have them tell me which ones they really love. And then I say to them, we're not going to, we're not going to touch those. Let's work on everything else first. And I think as people then just start to have an organic desire to detox further when they're ready. And they're, the great thing about the beauty industry is that there are better cleaner products coming to market all the time. So by the time someone naturally wants to detox their favorite lipstick or their favorite perfume, there's so many better options out there that it might be a, it might be very natural and not hard to make a healthier switch.
1: I think that's something that everyone needs to hear in that, you know, there's so many things out there that might be toxic. And, you know, our information is so confusing and knowing where to make the switch. I mean, I get lost sometimes. And I loved what you said about looking at the things that you use most frequently and then also looking at the things that you really, really enjoy and knowing that like, you can make reasonable choices within that framework that you don't need to like go into your bathroom and remove everything and go into your cleaning supply closet and just like get rid of you know all of your products that like this can happen naturally and know that like if you have this one thing or these couple things that you really enjoy hold on to those and there's nothing wrong with like switching out the other things you're not like counteracting it's more like an accumulation of things yeah. and that if you can focus on making switches where it's just easy to make that switch then it's worthwhile.
0: Absolutely. It's like if you start eating um I know like once I started drinking cold pressed juices, it helped my body crave more hydrating foods like salads. And so choosing a salad It's not like my brain was making the choice, making my body, my making a grumpy body eat vegetables. It was like my whole inner being was just craving a salad and so happy to have it. With detoxing my household products, I had a similar experience. I just started where it was easy and then it just unburdened what my body had to manage. And I started to feel better energy. So many things improved that were subtle. And so gradually, I just wanted to detox more and more and more because I was feeling better. And so it was a very natural transition. And I really, I support people in getting on their own evolution so that it's very organic, it's not so hard, and you're not going to be perfect. But we all deserve the right information so that when we can make a healthier choice, we are making a healthier choice.
1: Absolutely. I really could not agree more.
0: And I think, you know, there's a
1: conversation that you have frequently that I think is so important that we should all be talking more about. And that is Detoxing from technology because we are so surrounded by technology. And I'm, I'm not here to say that it is a negative thing. I mean, in many ways, it has helped us be more productive. It's helped us connect to loved ones who we otherwise would have lost touch with. So there are really great things about technology, but we're processing a lot of technology around us at all times. And it's worth, you know, noting that that's something that just like our body care products, just like our home, just like our food, it's
0: worth assessing our relationship with. Absolutely. Technology has had such a huge pervasive impact on our lives and our existence. You know, it's just like infiltrated our lives in so many ways. And so I started becoming really interested in technology because of the radiation that some technologies emit. And I was interested in how that chronic radiation may affect our bodies and realize that when we're sleeping, we don't need to burden our bodies with with all this Wi-Fi and the cellular technology. And it's not a big deal for me to shut that down in my home when when we sleep so that our bodies can enjoy more restorative sleep. Um, my interest in technology has evolved or expanded to include how it affects us in other ways, like our addiction to it and how the blue light not only disrupts our sleep because of the melatonin production, but it might harm our eye health and other things. And, uh, and so I just think it's really healthy for people to just start noticing the role that technology has on our lives And I have like an airplane mode challenge. So if you sign up every night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you'll receive an email reminding you to turn your phone to airplane mode before you go to sleep. And it teaches you a little bit more about the radiation from our technology and a little some tips on how to support more restorative sleep. Once you do that, like some people will say that right away after the first night they slept better. But once that's not a big deal, you can then expand that practice to maybe dinner time. And, you know, just other times when you realize I don't need to be available to the world. I'm going to turn my phone to airplane mode. It then just helps compartmentalize my attention. So when I'm with my kids, I turn the phone to airplane mode so that I'm not distracted by the pings of texts and the phone ringing. And I've consciously decided I'm not available to anyone else, but my kids right now for dinner.
1: Well, I think that's the thing that's really coming up a lot is that, you know, we are getting so many more tools that allow us to have a, just to have more boundaries around technology. But something that we really need to work on is how to set those own boundaries for ourselves. Like, I know I have screen time on my phone to limit the amount that I'm on my phone and I turn off blue light on my phone at night and all of these things. But the real question is, like, why do we turn to technology so often and why do we depend on it so much? You know, do we need to be on our phones at eight o'clock at night? Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, it, this is more of an existential question than anything, but I think that's just something that a lot of us are struggling with is that now we have these tools to set these boundaries. But at the end of the day, it's like being like, I'm on a diet, you know, where I'm not going to eat these things. These things are no nos versus like, I'm choosing not to eat these things because this is something that I don't feel great after I eat it. Or I'm focusing on these foods that are more nourishing. Like I'm focusing on being with my children because it is more nourishing to me than being on Instagram.
0: Yeah, those are excellent questions that we probably will spend the rest of our lives asking ourselves and always learning from from, asking, from wondering about those questions. But I think technology is a lot like sugar, I don't want to live a life with without sugar. There are many different types of sugar and I have figured out by age 45 a healthy relationship with sugar. Whereas I went through years of being just really addicted to sugar and like the more I had it, the more I wanted it and the more I felt like I really really needed it and I obsessed over it if I didn't have it. But now I don't need to think about sugar too much. And I just know, like, what's the right amount that makes me happy. And then beyond a certain point, I know I'm going to be really addicted until I wake up the next morning and my body's had a chance to reset. And technology, I think, is very similar. And I think it's the biggest threat to our attention and presence. And I worry about what it does for the development of empathy and the future generations and compassion and you know what kind of world my children will be growing up in
1: absolutely and i mean it's a tricky thing because in so many ways we depend on it we need it in order to function and there are positive aspects to it but there's also a lot of negatives and we need to power ourselves to make those decisions and and not feel like we have to depend on something else to set those limitations for us. But at the same time, baby steps, like whatever can get you to be more present in your life and, you know, not hooked to your phone or on your computer all the time, go for it. I am all in favor of that.
0: Absolutely. And I think it helps to be informed about the potential negative effects. Like it can make people feel a lot more lonely. And people are feeling more isolated, even though their social online social network might be huge. And so to be aware of it and then counter it with like real life connection and make sure you spend time connecting with a good friend in person. We need to be aware of the antidotes to the negative effects of technology. There's so many great ones that we're all aware of. But. Too much of it does create anxiety and depression and and more people should know that, so they don't think it's just them. it's it's actually kind of like after a certain amount of time and technology that will happen. And so just balance out your experience with really nourishing connection, which is really in the offline world.
1: yeah, and it, you know it's something that's come up a lot for me recently that I've been thinking about, about, you know, how we've really replaced a lot of our social life with this online life. And it's Mm -hmm. because it's so much easier, you know, it's harder to make plans with friends, it's harder to leave your home and go see someone, it just requires more effort. But I think it's important for all of us to make that separation between being social digitally and being social face to face, because even though one might be more challenging than the other and require more effort than the other, they're not the same thing. And so you can't just replace being online with the interactions you get from being around other people.
0: Absolutely.
1: So I want to hop into the hot seat questions. And these are the questions that I ask to every guest who comes on the show. So if you're ready, let's jump in. I'm ready. So the first question is, what's the one health habit you can't live without? Yoga. Hmm. Big fan. (laughs) I totally get that. Same here. The next question is Is there a business or a business person who you look
0: up to? Oprah.
1: Oprah has come up many, many times on the show, and I am not at all surprised by that.
0: Yeah, there aren't many examples of a super powerful, successful woman who also is so human. Like she uses her whole self, her big heart. And that's been such a wonderful example for the world.
1: Yes, I couldn't agree more. The third question is, what advice would you have for your 20-year-old self?
0: That it will all work out and every experience is preparing you for something bigger.
1: I love that. And just kind of surrender to the experience, you know, not to put words in your mouth, but that yeah. you know you're on this journey and you're i think at 20 i felt like i i had arrived and was so lost <laughs> and yet like it's just the beginning
0: yeah and i had so many expectations of what should have happened in my 20s and success if you want to call it whatever success is it's not linear it's like a zigzag <laughs> and but i now realize that it was all perfect
1: Totally. So is there any advice that you hope to get from your older self? Like something that you don't have figured out that you hope she'll tell you you got this figured out?
0: Well, what an interesting question because I participated in like a focus group for a friend. This ended up being a guided meditation where we had to meet our older self or our self that was 10 years older and get advice and the first words out of her mouth were make more time to do more yoga hmm yep it's something I've been thinking a lot
1: about recently where you know we have these things that we find so much joy in and just feel really good and yet we don't necessarily always prioritize them and, and what life might look like if we prioritize the things that we really enjoy doing and that bring us a lot
0: of joy. Yeah. And I think that what I get out of yoga is so different now than before, like my, my younger, super athletic self. And now that I do feel older, I feel more depleted after three kids and working so hard from home. I need it in a very different way. And it teaches me so much. And being on the mat is a way to like, reconnect, realign the union of mind, body, soul and energy and just gain clarity for how to proceed for the rest of the day.
1: Yes. It's so interesting how I feel very similarly, where my relationship with yoga has shifted so much throughout my lifetime, where like it started as really a form of exercise. And I mean, at times it can be, you know, more physical, but More often than not, it's really just a time for me to let go emotionally and spiritually and just be super present on the mat.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So if people want to learn more about you and follow your journey, what's the best place to connect with you?
0: So I just launched a new website. Uh, It's ruanliving.com, spelled R-U-A-N living.com. And uh, I'm really excited about spending more time shifting how people think about their homes as an opportunity to create a healing space so that when we come home at the end of the day and go to bed, it's not only a healthy space for our bodies, but it's also really restorative for our souls. I love that.
1: Well. I highly encourage everyone to go over there to learn more about the amazing resources that you have. I know I have learned so much just from this hour of chatting with you, but also from your site. So thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your story with us. It's been my pleasure. So there you have it. A huge thank you to Sophia for coming on the show today and for sharing all of her knowledge. I definitely recommend you check out her site for all sorts of info if you're curious to learn more or if you're in the market for shopping for new home supplies or maybe you're redecorating or moving into a new place and you want to be a bit more conscious with your purchasing. So She is a wealth of information as well as her book, which is super handy. So I definitely recommend that you check either of those resources out. And if you guys want to continue the conversation or have some questions about some things around your own home that you'd like to, you know, just get a second opinion on I would love if you join the THM tribe it's just facebook.com slash group slash THM tribe it's such an amazing supportive group of women it was so fun to be able to meet up with some of them in New York and I'm definitely planning to meet up with more of you guys Around the US in 2019. So, if you want to stay up to date on those things, you should join the tribe so that you can hear about those. Because I'll only be announcing them in the tribe just because it's so much easier to coordinate everything there. But it's also a really great place for you guys to connect with each other. And if you have any questions about the show or want to make recommendations for guests, it's a really great place to do that. So, would love to see you there. And if you want to support the show, Please leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcast player you use. I joke about this with my friends that like it's like this desperation that I ask from you guys to leave those reviews. But it's true that they really do have a big impact. And I know I ask every single week and I will continue to ask until I feel like, you know, we've reached a point where people can really understand the impact that the show has because well, I can see how many people are watching it or I guess listening to it. It isn't always necessarily reflected in those reviews. So if you have been listening to the show for a long time if you and you've learned something from it or you just have some feedback for me, I would love if you left a review. It means a ton. And make sure you subscribe to the show so that you're informed that a new episode is live. We are continuing them until Christmas and then I believe we're taking a few weeks off Just, you know, I'm going to be off. I plan to take, I think it's December 21st until the new year, like totally offline. So there definitely won't be an episode in there. I can't remember if it's one or two episodes, but this way, you know, when we're not live and you'll know when there are new episodes that are live. And stay tuned for next week's episode. We're going to be chatting with Lee Vosberg from Style B. I love Lee. I have been following her for a really long time. She is an amazing resource for sustainable fashion, and just for you know understanding the difference between fast and slow fashion, and how to make more conscious choices when it comes to your wardrobe. So. I think it pairs perfectly with this week's episode and is also just a topic that we haven't jumped into. So the show has definitely been exciting for me lately because I feel like we've been chatting about a lot of topics that I don't know too, too much about and are just really informative for me. So I hope you guys feel the same way and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. I will be in Hawaii, very much looking forward to it. And I don't know how much of it I will share, but if I do, it'll probably be on Instagram. So just follow The Healthy Maven so you can stay up to date. And I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye.